Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you? I pray that you're well. It's good to be with you. And how are you doing? How are you doing on the subject of modesty? Oy vey, stop harping on that, mother, huh? But you know, I've gotten wonderful comments um, from, um, uh, from young men and young ladies and, and women uh, who are grateful because when they dress correctly, when they dress modestly, when they dress as Catholic Christians, they feel better. Um, They dress as if they're going to meet the king, and they are. We meet our king every single morning. And the way we dress, um, uh, it gives a message to others, but it gives a message to ourselves as well. That's why it's so, one of the reasons why it's so tragic that um, so many nuns, so many religious sisters left their habit or modified them so much that you, you're not sure if they're a sister or not. Um, it, the habit reminds them of who they are, and they're not one with the world. They are set apart. That's what consecration means. It means to be set apart. The world needs us to be set apart. Parents, your children don't need you to be peers. They don't need you to be their friends. They need you to be their models set apart, whether they like it all the time, whether they understand it all the time. Uh, For you to be set apart, uh, as models for them to grow into uh, is a, truly a wonderful thing. When you start dressing like them and you start keeping up with the fashions of the world to be cool to your children and to others, um, you downgrade yourself. You, you uh, kind of desecrate the dignity of the human person. And your daughters, you're following them instead of they're following you. Um, it, when a nurse wears a nurse's uniform, um, she feels more like she is. If she just wears her street clothes, which is happening today, or kinds of things, it's, it's a whole different message. It's a whole different world. Policemen, they wear uh, their uniforms. They know who they are. And it makes and reminds them of their vocation. Um, I think I have confessed to you there are times <clears throat> that I wanted to go to my favorite restaurant that I used to um, frequent before I was a sister. Well, I would come home from trips, and I would take a book, and I would go out to the restaurant, and I was in heaven. And I'd have my favorite meal, and I'd sit for two hours, and I'd read, and I would, it was relaxing, and it was wonderful for me. And there are times I've wanted to do that in my habit. I have. I confess that. I've confessed it before. In fact, there are times I wanted to do it so much. If I'm alone or on a trip, 
I've wanted to do it so much to just go to a restaurant and order a meal and read a book and all that. I've wanted to do it so much, but I won't do it in my habit because any time I want to think of that, I think of Mother Teresa. She's not going to do that, and nobody's going to expect Mother Teresa to do that. And so there are times I've wanted to do it so much, I've even considered taking off my habit and putting on other clothes to go in disguise, right? But I don't do it. I don't get, blessed be God, I've never gotten to this point. I will not take off my habit. I would not take it off to sleep and shower if I didn't have to. I will not take off this habit. It's the most, the greatest happiness and privilege God has allowed me, and I won't take it off. I don't understand priests who walk around without their clerics. It's to me, uh, it's an awful denial of who you are as a priest um, because you're a priest after Christ's heart, according to the order of Melchizedek. He didn't take vacations. He didn't go put gas in his car. Of course, he didn't have a car. Um, in regular clothes because he didn't want people coming up to him or because it was more convenient. No, he was a priest 24-7, and I would beg every single priest, never, ever go anywhere without your clerics. Never go anywhere without your clerics. It doesn't matter what day. It doesn't matter what time. It doesn't matter. Even if you're on vacation, vacation, you're a priest. You're a priest, and no one should see you without your collar. You may not agree. If you go out without your collar, of course you don't agree. But no one should ever see you without your collar. Some priests travel without their collars because they want peace. They don't want people coming up to them in the airport, even for confessions. To me, that is enormously tragic. Maybe that, maybe it's a soul that you would save because... He's a soul who sees a priest and hasn't been to church in 30 years. We cannot act as if God hasn't consecrated us. We are set apart. So nuns, put on your habits at the very, very, very minimum, your veils. At the very minimum, your veils. In fact, I know John Paul II wrote a whole encyclical that at the least the veil is required. At the least, the veil is required. Um, I see nuns walking around as if they could have shopped in Nordstrom's. It saddens me to the core. I say, why are you a nun? Why are you still a nun? And the attitude sometimes has been there, done that, and they're tired, and they just want regular life now. You don't, you're not entitled to that any more than a wife or a husband is entitled to just go off on their own and forget that they're married. No one's entitled to that. Do we get tired? We get tired. Yes. Do we get depressed sometimes? Yes. Are we human? Yes. But we've made vows to God, and vows to God are broken at dire consequences. And we must maybe take a look at what our Lord said uh, in the book of Revelation when he wrote to the churches and said, you do this, you do that, you do this, but you've lost your first love. 
and a nun will get very, I've had letters from nuns get very angry with me. How dare you judge? How dare you this? I don't judge. I can't judge. I don't know what's going on in your heart, but I know what I see. I know what I see. And there are, and what the world sees. And it's, it's awful. And uh, oh, I, I, The statistics of all the big, used-to-be, flourishing orders that are dwindling um, with maybe four or five vocations left in their 60s and 70s. Why? Put on the habit. Put on the habit. Live your vocation. And um, you can, if, you, if your order is not restored after all this time, you can still be assigned to God that you vowed to be in this world. But everyone else, you are consecrated at your baptism. We at our baptism, beloved, are set apart for God. Yes, we are. Through our baptism, when God has removed the stain of original sin and poured his grace into us, we are set apart for God. We are consecrated to God. We are Christians, Christians. We are those who belong to Christ. And that never ends unless we turn from God. He gives us that freedom. But we are consecrated. We are to be in the world and not of it. God didn't just tell us that without giving us the grace to live it. Of course he gives us the grace to live it, to be in the world and not of it. How? We are mother, we're daughter, we're a layperson in the world, a father, a husband, uh, a man uh, in business. How are we to be consecrated? By being in the world and not of it. Well, not by the way we dress. Oh, yes, by the way you dress. You dress modestly. You don't expose your body. You don't wear tons of makeup. A little makeup is fine, but you don't wear tons of makeup. You don't do anything that would detract people from Christ. You see, and you dress modestly. Long skirts, long sleeve tops, not low cut, not tight. Um, dress as if you were going to meet Christ himself. Dress as if you were going to meet um, the person in the world you would want to meet the most that would make you want to be beautiful most and hide what is sacred in you, which is your body. It's sacred. It's not debased. It's not degraded. It's sacred. And God made it for himself. And that's how you should dress. Um, I, I'm not sure here if um, I've read you so much from this little book on modesty, and I said I would continue to go through it. Um, let me just see if I have um, just a few more co um, comments on what good men want, because women who dress immodestly, which is a good amount of young women today, probably the majority, with skin-tight jeans or leotards, it's tremendously immodest. It is tremendous. If you're going to wear leotards, you make sure you wear something over them that's below the knees. 
because, again, leotards used to be my underwear. You can call me old-fashioned, but we were modest. And we wore them because it was cold or just to cover our legs. But you need to be modest. Um, Here are some questions asked some young men. And I'm going to see the type is very small. I'm going to put on my, my little lamp here and read it to you. Here's question one. What about women's personalities do you find the most attractive? This is young men, dating age. What about women's personalities do you find the most attractive? Here's the answer. Purity of heart. There is nothing more engaging than meeting a pure woman because it is so easy to see God in a woman who knows she is not perfect but is trying to love God with her whole heart. That's from a young man, age 21. Here's another question. What sort of impression do holy and modest women leave on you? Does this impression stay with you? Here's the answer from Lance. It is an impression greater than that of an incredible sunset or the best musical piece you have ever heard. Oh, my goodness. Listen to that one, women. Listen to that one. You say, are you kidding? Where'd this man come from? Twilight Zone? The question is, what sort of impression do holy and modest women leave on you? Does this impression stay with you? And this 21-year-old says, it is an impression greater than that of an incredible sunset or the best musical piece you have ever heard. The beauty of holy, modest, the beauty of a holy, modest woman grabs the heart and tugs. As Peter Kreeft says, truth heals the mind, goodness heals the soul, but beauty breaks the heart. Let me read that again. Truth heals the mind. Goodness heals the soul. But beauty breaks the heart. Beautiful women soften a man's heart in the most wonderful way. Now, many young ladies will say, or older ladies, the teens, 20s, 30s, older, Uh, But I do dress beautifully. Well, it might be beautiful to you, but if it's immodest, if your clothing is tight, if it's revealing, um, if it's tight, if it shows your every curve and dent, if your skin is exposed, um, it's not beauty. It, It may be what you've come to think is beauty, but there is not that beauty will never draw a man to God. Will never draw a man to think that you're holy because you're not holy. He'll see you as seductive, not holy. Holy and modest women. This is from Michael. Same question. Holy and modest women leave an impression of awe and joy upon me. There have been times in my life when just seeing a woman be what God called her to be 
has left a tremendous and life-changing impact on me. You see that, beloved? You want a holy man to marry. You need to be holy. And then you encourage him to holiness. Same thing, young men. You be modest in your dress. Don't walk around in shorts and thongs um, and tight T-shirts. Be modest. Be a man. And encourage women to holiness. Here's another question. Making a rough guess how many of the women, young or old, that you hang out with on a regular basis dressed modestly? And the answer is this. As with any virtue, there are degrees of modesty, and it's something you have to learn about and work to practice. To be honest, he says, this is a 24-year-old, to be honest, there are only one or two women I see semi-regularly that I would say are truly modest. But to be fair, about 90% of the rest are at least trying to be modest. They just need some encouragement and education. You see, he's not blaming anyone for not being modest. And I'll tell you what, I, don't, I can't judge anyone for their immodesty. It's maybe all they know. It may be all, there's a family I know, and the lovely the Catholic the lovely young women, they're all beautiful, but they all are immodest. I, I, they're all immodest. Um, and their mother, they dress like their mother, and they don't know they're immodest. They think they're holy. They attend Latin Mass, and they're always there, and they're very Catholic, and they're immodest, and they don't know it. It's the way the mother has been, and it's the way she's raised her daughters, and they do not know that. And I, I, I want so much to tell them, but I'm not going to break into that family. They have a, enough problems, and they, they are Catholic, and they're lovely people. But I wish I could tell them what about them is immodest and not holy. Um... And I won't. I won't. Because there's a time and place for everything. If they were naked, I would say so. But they're not. But they're not. So it doesn't just have to do with nakedness. Um, there's a time and a place for things. And with these, if I were discipling someone, if I were taking any of the girls under my wing, if the mother asked me a question, I'd be very honest about it. But... Um, they're, they're uh, maybe a bit borderline, but for me it's over the border. And they don't have any idea about it. If I told them, they'd be shocked out of their mind because I think they're trying to be extremely modest. But this young man is right. They need an education. People need to be taught what modesty is. Here's one more question. Um... It's the last one on this page. If you had one thing to say to women who are struggling to be modest and embrace their faith, what would it be? Now, this is uh, a different 
This is a 24-year-old young man. If you had one thing to say to women who are struggling to be modest and embrace their faith, what would it be? And this young man says, it's worth the effort. You will probably feel more secure and will automatically get more respect from men. And the more difficult a virtue is to practice, the greater the reward of grace. And this young man would say to those women, thank you. Thank you for trying. Um, here's, um, these are all in this book, uh, Modeling Modesty, all in this book. And the website is, um, how do I set this straight? There, Modeling Modesty Handbook. The website is www. Rosa, R-O-S-A, mystica, M-Y-S-T-I-C-A, modesty.org. Um, and uh, there's another website, www.lily, L-I-L-Y, hyphen, maiden, M-A-I-D-E-N, dot, blogspot.com. I've not tried these websites uh, recently, and I, I don't know if they're still in effect. I hope they are. But if not, email us and um, go to our website, uh, www.motherofisraelshope.org, and um, uh, we'll get you. We'll get you the book, or we'll get you the address. <clears throat> Let me see now. Um, this is a modesty survey. Uh, the Modesty Survey is an exciting anonymous discussion between Christian guys and girls who care about modesty. Hundreds of Christian girls contributed to the 148 questions, 148 questions in this survey, and over 1,600 Christian guys submitted 150,000 plus answers, including 25,000 text responses over a 20-day period. This is amazing. And here are the survey questions, I think. Let me just see. <clears throat> just two of them. Two survey questions. And one is this. If you could say one thing to your sisters in Christ about modesty, what would it be? And that, of course, is young Catholic women your sisters in Christ, young Catholic women, what would it be? And one responds, modesty is that which powers true beauty. That's an age 15-year-old boy. Modesty is that which powers true beauty. Here's another one. You are wonderful and beautiful creations of God, and you don't have to expose yourselves to prove it, young man age 22. Here's one more. Just to be feminine and get that message across, I am the Lord's, not I, Candy, E-Y-E. -E. I, what would you say to your sisters in Christ? This young 18-year-old would say, just be feminine and get the message across that you are the Lord's, not eye candy, not simply candy to be looked at, but you belong to God. That's amazing, hmm? 
Here's the second question. They only have two here. What is the primary difference between something that is attractive and something that is immodest? That's a beautiful question. What is the primary... These are young men answering this. What is the primary difference between something that is attractive and something that is immodest? And one answer is this. Attractiveness is far more mysterious, a far more mysterious quality, a mixture of spirituality, personality, and physical beauty. And that's the primary difference between something that is attractive and something that is immodest. Here's another answer. I think attractiveness has very little to do with the body. It is the way someone talks, the way they laugh, the way they smile, and the way they interact with others. Immodesty seems to be much more about the body and about revealing it, but not about the person within. Isn't that amazing, beloved? These are young men, young men giving these answers without any coaxing or definitions. They want holiness in women. They want modesty and holiness and femininity. There's our music for our break, beloved. We'll be right back after the break. Call in toll-free with anything on your heart, uh, 1-877-511-5483, or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back. Days from 6 to 7 a.m. Eastern for Sermons for Everyday Living, a program that brings you real sermons from real priests on topics important to you and your faith. Visit thestationofthecross.com for details. Are you having a hard time keeping up with all that's going on these days in the Vatican? Did you know that LifeSite puts out a monthly print news magazine in beautiful full color? Our magazine, Faithful Insight gives you all the most important coverage from Rome and lets you read it away from the computer, phone, or tablet. It summarizes dozens of new happenings down to the essentials, but provides full analysis on all the most important developments. Faithful Insight brings you the coverage of the Vatican that you know and expect from LifeSight in a different form. It has received high praise from cardinals, bishops, priests, and faithful who want to stay abreast of the most crucial battle in our time, the battle for the soul of the church. Subscribe today at faithfulinsight.com and may God bless you. What we are given in this life, we are meant to share. And this opportunity doesn't need to end when God calls us from this world. Leaving a bequest in your will is a great step to ensuring that we can share our faith with future generations through Catholic Radio. Let your life's financial blessings be a blessing to others to help them learn about Jesus and the gospel message through the Station of the Cross. If you'd like to discuss the possibility of a bequest, please call us at one 888 
1-800-273-6279. We also encourage you to speak with your lawyer or financial advisor to learn more about how you can include the Station of the Cross in your will. Thank you for your generosity in sharing the love of God with others for many more years to come. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. I'm so thrilled to be with you, and we have a whole half hour to ourselves, and you are free to call in with anything on your heart at all. Uh, It never needs to be the subject we're speaking about. Uh, It could be anonymous, whatever is on your heart, toll-free or text at 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We have an email from Vic who writes, Dear Mother Miriam, I converted to Christianity in my 30s and was part of the charismatic movement for a while. Eventually, I left that church as I was not comfortable with what was happening there. For example, their obsession with being slain in the spirit and talking in tongues, which I did not feel comfortable with, Uh, Despite all their talk of sola scriptura, they do not do what the Bible instructs. There should be an interpreter when someone is speaking in tongues. Before becoming a Christian, I was somewhat involved in the New Age movement and at one stage almost uh, became involved with Wicca and do not feel comfortable that some person speaking in a language that no one there understands. Uh, they could be cursing people for all we know. I heard of one priest in America who would, um, let me, you know, I'm not going to read what people hear of. Let me continue further on with the email. After drifting around from church to church, God led me to the Catholic Church. And after researching and praying for about two years, I started attending Sunday Mass each Sunday, and I am now in RCA classes. Well, blessed be God, Vic. He writes, the problem is my local Catholic Church is forcing the RCIA candidates to attend an Alpha course for the first three months of RCIA. I am horrified at the charismatic influence among a lot of the church leaders, cradle Catholics, and elders at this church. I remember a YouTube video from Father Ripiger where he mentions one of the worst cases of demonic possession he dealt with was a woman who... No, I'm I'm just going to go... I'm not going to read through these these situations. It's not helpful to us. Uh, I can tell you... um, uh, you've experienced situations. I'm not going to read through them with this email. It's not uh, helpful to anybody on the air. Um, and uh, let me just see what else. Uh, if you are involved in RCA that gives you the Alpha program, leave and go to a different Catholic church. That's the answer. 
if you're forced to go through Alpha, do not do it. Nobody forces anyone to do anything. You say, I'm sorry, Alpha is Protestant. I've been in Protestantism. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going to go elsewhere to enter the church. And they'll say, oh, no, it's Alpha for Catholics. It's Alpha trying to convert Catholics to Protestantism. No, it is not. It is not Catholic at all. So be part of nothing that's from Alpha. Um, she says this. I live in a city in South Africa. My goodness, and there's no church in the entire city except for the SSPX that offers the traditional Latin Mass. It seems almost impossible trying to find a church where the Novus Ordo Mass is done reverently. The nearest church that is in full communion uh, and that offers the Latin Mass is across the country, eight hours drive away. I feel that I need to try and continue with this in order to get confirmed. But please pray for me, Mother, and the church in South Africa, which is in a terrible state. Okay. My advice to you, now I may get a lot of complaints on this one. My advice to you is go to the SSPX church. That's my advice. You are allowed to go to an SSPX church if you are not able to get to any other church. Now, apparently you have only one Catholic church. Uh, It's Novus Ordo, and they're they're putting Alpha on you. you should not. You could say, "I will attend the. Ch- I will attend the church if I could be confirmed, and enter the church in another way." I will not take Alpha. It is not Catholic. Um, and if they tell you you don't know what you're talking about, you tell them to show you where it speaks about God founding His one true church, the Blessed Mother, praying to the saints, the sacraments. You won't find them in Alpha. No. So if that's a problem for you, that one church, you go to the SSPX. Um, I I don't know what else to tell you. That's what I would do. That's what I would do. Uh, You'd be better off in that church where there is reverence for God, this is my thought, than in a Novus Ordo church that is not Catholic. So again, if you can find a way of remaining in the Novus Ordo church, um, and uh, being holy and not being part of their programs, that's okay. But you need to go to the pastor and say, I'm not going to be forced to go through Alpha. It's not Catholic. And if that's the only way I can enter the Catholic Church is by studying a Protestant program, then uh, I'm not going to continue here. That You need to say that to the pastor, all right? Um and I would go over to the SSPX. It's terrible. But if the church, the, the, con, the choice is that one church versus an uh, eight-hour drive, which you can't do, the alternative would be um, to simply stay out of Alpha, get, get into the church in that church by some way the pastor might allow you or give you private instruction, and... Uh, and live as a Catholic without a Catholic church, as many have done for many years. Many have lived as Catholic. Think of Arch, of Bishop uh, Athanasius Snyder. For years, they didn't have the Mass. 
because they were under communism. They didn't have a pastor. They didn't have a church. They grew up in their home, uh, in their home church, and their parents taught them the faith. They lived at home. In your case, I, I, it's a very difficult situation. I wish I were there with you so that I could see the situation, and I would, I would go to the bishop, and I'd say I'd find the bishop, even if he's eight hours, I'd, I'd make an appointment to see that bishop, travel to see him, and say in my area, the closest church is eight hours away, unless I go to this Novus Ordo parish that is making their people Protestant. Um, and unless you give me permission to go to the SSPX, go to your bishop and let him assist you. All right, there's the music for our second break, beloved. Um, call in with anything on your heart, toll-free, 1-877-511-5483, or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back. widespread and profound confusion on matters of faith and morals, even within the church, means that the formation of a new generation of Catholic leaders is now vital to the future of the pro-life movement. Through the International Youth Program, Voice of the Family seeks to identify prospective leaders and offer them the formation and fellowship that they would be helped with to defend the unchangeable teachings of the Catholic Church in years to come. The young Catholic adults who will take part of this program therefore receive a specific invitation to give their lives in whatever vocation they choose to work full-time for the apostolate of restoring the Church to Christ through His Holy Mother. The Rome Youth Pilgrimage takes place September 27th through October 3rd, 2019 in Rome. And you can apply online at lifesightnews.com. Just search for Rome Youth Pilgrimage. Hope to see you in Rome. This is Father Yatsuka Mazur. Please join me in a prayer honoring St. Rose of Lima. God our Father, for love of you, St. Rose gave up everything to devote herself to a life of penance. By the help of her prayers, may we imitate her selfless way of life on earth and enjoy the fullness of your blessings in heaven. Grant this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. When you find a show you love listening to, you want to know more about it. We offer you the opportunity to learn more about each of our programs at thestationofthecross.com. You'll have access to an interactive programming grid where you can click on a program to learn more about it. All live shows are even highlighted in yellow, so they're easy to identify. Check out our interactive programming grid today at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live 
Um, This is our last segment. We've got over 15 minutes together, and I invite you to call in with anything on your heart at all to call or to text toll-free, 1-877-511-5483, or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. I want to back up just a moment. Kristen, um, uh, we have a call on the line, but I want to hold on just a moment, dear one. Um, because the last email we had was from Vic, who uh, went through a whole journey to now want to enter the Catholic Church. And uh, his RCIA group is being forced to go through Alpha, which is Protestant, it's not Catholic, and he doesn't want to do that. And he said there's no other Novus Ordo, no other church in his area, the closest one is eight hours away, except for the SSPX uh, the Society of St. Pius X. Now, um, I said before the break that he should not go through that Alpha program, uh, and he should not be forced. He should speak to the, the priest about that, see if they can help him another way. Um, I said if you need to, you go to the SSPX, but I'm hesitating there because I personally would love to go to the SSPX at times, but... Um, uh, the the official word from uh, such as Cardinal Burke and other canon lawyers is that they're not, I don't know if the, the actual word is schism or if they're still regarded to be in schism or at the bottom line, not in communion with the church. So for me to advise someone to go to the SSPX is not a good thing. I cannot in good conscience advise that. Um, I wish I could. I tell you that very much. I've, I wish I could. But um, what I would do is speak to your parish, speak to your, your priest, and tell him that it's a Protestant program and you want to be Catholic, but you don't want to go through a Protestant program to be confirmed Catholic. Um, and could anyone else give you instruction? Um, that's uh, one thing. And if not... Um, then, uh, uh, then I would call the bishop and tell him your problem and go to see him. Even if it's a day's journey, you tell that bishop, it's eight hours for me to see you, but I want to be Catholic and I, I'm not going to go to this Protestant church that calls itself Catholic. And I don't know that I would have your permission to go to the SSPX speak to the bishop, and let God guide you that way. Um, it's awful times we live in, I know, but, uh, but see if the bishop could assist you. We have a call on the line. Kristen, are you there, dear one? Mother, can you hear me okay? Yeah, you're, it, you're breaking up. Uh, are you driving, Christian? No, I'm actually stationary, but if I use my, um, I'll try to use my my speakerphone. Wait a minute. Maybe that's why I was breaking up. No. Okay. Can you hear me okay now? Yeah. In fact, you don't have to shout. I can hear you just fine. <clears throat> okay. I just wanted to thank you very much for what you were reading on modesty. And my question is a little bit general. It's not necessarily one you can answer. You mentioned uh, in your reading that uh, immodesty is is truthfulness and honesty about, or no, immodesty is is uh, dishonesty. It, it hides the 
person and reveals only the body. And in Spanish, one of the things that struck me when I was learning Spanish is that the word for immodesty in Spanish isn't what you think it would be. It is dishonestidad, which means dishonesty. Wow. And that seems to fit with what you're saying. So maybe somebody who's better, you know, than I am in grammar, Spanish grammar and the history could answer that. Well, the next thing is I wanted to mention that. Well, let me let me hold you off before you go to the next thing. Is the next thing a different point? The next thing is on the same point. It is okay, the man, go ahead. I knew a father of 10 children. Um, he's dead now. Uh, his name was Captain Francis. One of his daughters is a Nashville Dominican. And they're all wonderful. And they've got zillions of grandchildren, great-grandchildren. And he told me, and this is so beautiful. I wrote it down. If I don't get it right, one of them can call in and make it perfect. He told me that what a young man looks for when he's looking for a wife, you know, not somebody just to shack up with, but looking for a wife is a woman. What what he's focused on is a woman's chastity, and that makes a whole lot of sense. Of course. Because he's looking for a wife, not, you know, somebody who's going to sell herself to everybody else. Yes, that's exactly right. And you know, Kristen... um, Yeah. No, go ahead. Finish your thought. Well, the only other comment, just running off of what you were just saying, is that the patron of catechists St. Julie Bilarte said that it's better for us to be left to our guardian angels than to be taught by schismatics. And those who are not in communion with the church are either schismatics or heretics. That is another subject. And I tell you, um, uh, I appreciate your comment, Kristen, because I backtracked myself on telling someone to go to the SSPX. I absolutely wish they were in communion with the church. But as long as they're not, I'm not going to advise anyone to go. I will not. If you cannot get to any mass on a Sunday because you're traveling and the only church is SSPX, in that instance, I believe the church has given us permission, but not to make it our parish. Uh, You're very right, Kristen. Thanks for that uh, affirmation. Yeah, that's correct, because we can also, if we're traveling... And where there's no nothing but a Greek Orthodox church, for example, there we you can go. attend Mass there. That's right. That's and right. That's, that's absolutely right. But let me, I don't recall equating immodesty with dishonesty in anything I read, but I love what you said, because if a person is immodest, why would they be called dishonest? Why would the root meaning of immodest be dishonest? Uh, dishonesty. It, it's it's astounding to me because if someone is immodest, they are revealing their body, but they are hiding who they are. They're not presenting who they are. They're not. They are lying about who they are. They are being dishonest. They're not uh, aware of that. But God, if you're a Christian, uh, if you're a Catholic Christian especially, you are a child of God. You are made in the image of God, and you are being dishonest because you're not reflecting that whatsoever. You're reflecting a product of the world, not a daughter or son of God. That's excellent, Kristen. Thank you so much. Yes. Yeah. Can I say one more thing? Okay, go ahead. 
Father Harden, Father John Harden used to say that English has been Protestantized as a language, and ah. I, I know there are things we can say about that, but it's also true that possibly Spanish is a little more Catholic, and that there are some deep roots in using that word, because modest, does that, I, again, I don't know where the English roots of immodesty come from. Is it from mode, from fashion? Uh, you know, what is what is, is style? You know, is, is that our well, Latin? Well, I'll tell root? you the reason. The reason that Spanish language is more Catholic is that it comes from the Latin, and uh, the Latin languages—Spanish, French, Italian—they uh, are closer to the true meanings of the words, and we have really destroyed the English language. So that that rings true to me too. Mother. Okay, God bless you, dear one. Thanks for God your call. God bless you. Thank yeah. you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye, sweetie. Um, all right, so Vic, um, I will not suggest you go to the SSPX. I, I hesitated. I backtracked on it, and then uh, our Lord had Kristen call, and I think uh, that's right. So I'm not advising you to go to the SSPX, even though... I wish we could. I wish they would be in communion with the church. But as long as the church says they're not, many people say that they are in communion, but those who are canon lawyers, and Cardinal Burke is the top canon lawyer of the church, and he says they're yet in schism. And so even though the excommunications were lifted um, by Pope Benedict XVI, he did not say that they were out of their schism. So we have been left in a... A very complicated situation, but they're not in schism. They're not in communion. So um, we sh- we should not go or encourage people to go. Um, I would I would contact your bishop and I would do whatever you could to um, not stop being Catholic, even if you needed to. Um, oh, I can't say even if you needed to come into the church through that program. I, I through Alpha. I would just meet with your priest and say, I've, I've come from this. I've come from Protestantism. Is there any way you can help me to become Catholic without studying a Protestant um, course? All right. Um, we are going to uh, take another email from someone who says, Hi, Mother, I'm Bob from Ohio. I was raised a Roman Catholic. I have stopped going to my local parish because I leave Sunday Mass very angry. This is a very big problem. The lack of modesty, terrible music, and the lack of reverence for the body of Christ is no longer tolerable for me. Most men dress like they are at a picnic or going to cut their lawn and the women in tight jeans. I struggle with lustful thoughts. I have been told that I'm being judgmental. No, you're not. You're not being judgmental. This is the outward. Um, this is the outward fruit of a heart that is immodest. <clears throat> and that is irreverent. You're seeing the outward fruit of it. You're not being judgmental at all. You're seeing naked bodies or or bodies with tight clothing. They're just. They they have no uh, idea how they're affecting other people. Bob says, I know I am a sinner first among many, but I don't need uh, help 
being the first, <laughs> when I have to go to the Novus Ordo Mass, I keep my eyes closed and struggle to get through it. What a shame. Women are beautiful as they should be. I believe the Blessed Mother was the most beautiful woman ever created. I now attend a Byzantine Catholic church. It's Ruthenian. I drive an hour every Sunday. I have yet to see any women, any woman or man, dressed improperly uh, at the Divine Liturgy. I'm sure there are women and men that dress improperly in the Eastern Catholic Church, but I haven't seen it yet. Well, thanks be to God that there is a Byzantine Catholic Church near you and that the people who go to worship there yet respect God and yet understand what that Mass is. Nobody understands what the Mass is who goes as if they're going to mow their lawn or shows up in tight jeans. Nobody does that. Who understands what the Mass is, who has a sense of reverence about them, and who cares for the people they're affecting. Um, Bob says we need to get back to focusing on God, quit thinking about ourself. I believe the Byzantine Catholic Church is a hidden treasure of the Catholic Church. If a uh, Latin Mass is not available, I suggest Byzantine Catholic Church is a very good option. Thank you, Mother. God bless you. Keep me in your prayers, Bob. God bless you, Bob. Um, Bob's brought up a wonderful point. We have in the Catholic Church uh, 23 rites, R-I-T-E-S. The Latin rite is just one of them. The Latin rite that we are a part of is one of 23 rites. Um, But the Catholic, the Eastern Church that is Catholic, not the Eastern Church that is not Catholic, um, that is not under the Pope, but the Byzantine Catholic Church is one of the, if they are truly um, uh, following who they are, uh, it's closer to the synagogue. It's one of the most magnificent Masses I've ever experienced beyond the Latin Mass. It is magnificent if it's done, if the modern-day music and gestures have not crept into it. It is an absolutely magnificent, holy Mass and Church. I recommend to anybody the Byzantine Catholic Church. You will not be leaving the Church. It is fully Catholic. They are fully under the Holy Father in the Magisterium. So that's another thing. Take a look to see if there are Catholic, not Orthodox churches. The Orthodox churches are separated from Rome. But if there are Catholic churches, like the Byzantine, uh, like the Maronite, uh, near you, and go to them instead of the Novus Ordo if you need to. Okay, God bless you. What an awful conversation we need to have. Isn't this terrible? God is building his church, and the gates of hell won't prevail. Beloved, we'll speak with you tomorrow. God.